Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Giant Pod with me, Andy Rintmore. My guest this week is Sean Powell. We talk about writing his first novel. We talk about how you start your second novel before you finish your first novel. And if you're wondering why you would bother doing that, stay tuned. We go into that. We talk about narrative theory. We talk about the hero's journey. talk about elemental stories. We talk about redemption arcs. We talk about nothing new under the sun, talent borrows, genius steals. We talk about the heart of darkness and apocalypse now. We talk about saving Private Ryan and all the parallels between these things. We talk a little bit about Bible stories and and, and how um, humans always relate the same uh, themes to stories throughout history. And we talk about originality and how that isn't always um, a winner in the mainstream zeitgeist um you will also catch him on the zoo pod make sure that you catch that one as well because we talk about that one a little bit and i think you guys really enjoy it if you haven't heard it but yeah without further ado here you go sean powell on the giant pod it was good to have him enjoy Welcome back to the Giant Pod, Sean. Hello. This oh, we're Sean going. We're going. Yeah, we're on. Man. Wow, okay. We're on. Awesome. I don't. Or I don't like to do like. I mean, you, you've you, you often message me and tell me that you're listening to the podcast. I, yeah. I feel like you know, you know the routine of this yeah, show and, yeah. and the format. I never like to sit there and be like, oh, I have such and such today, and look right. at them and list out all this stuff. Right. Yeah. I would much rather just naturally get into a conversation oh, okay and the, <laughs> okay. No, no 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 cigars and scotch then beforehand uh, no, no. Okay. Uh, that'd be nice wouldn't it if we had the the budget Budgets. yes yeah so i like to just get into the conversation and we do all that, that embarrassing mm. um arse lickery later okay. when you're not here right. yeah. when i can sit here and, and do 10 takes and go fuck fuck harry i'm getting burnt out i don't know if i've got any more in me <laughs> take three was good can't you put take three and four together there's something in that fuck it i'll do another one for for uh for safety i can't do this anymore i, I can't, can't sit at a table and talk for an hour <laughs> it's it's soul destroying you should see it once we've done podcasts, where's my agent <laughs> call my agent once we've done podcasts and everyone's had their lovely ego rub and conversation and they go home mm-hmm. me and harry are sat here going through the tops and the tails how do we knock half an hour off that <laughs> <laughs> what do we tell them so that we never have to release this <laughs> harry name me a technical hiccup that happened it's totally believable i don't think that will happen to you no so not. you've been on the giant pod zoom i have no zoo not zoo, zoo. Yeah. not zoom. Is zoo. that because it's a zoo of guests? It's, it's a zoo of guests. Right, okay. And I said zoom because of the world we live in. The world we live in. Everything's on zoom. Yeah. Um, how did you find that? I did you enjoy it. that? It was brilliant. Yeah. I, I was especially happy sitting next to you and you were just telling me every 10 minutes how drunk you were. That was, <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, what was funny about that is that I was like trying to help Harry set up for that. It was a bigger. If you've seen that, if you've seen that episode on mm-hmm. YouTube, um, basically it was it was a group of us, um, former guests and new faces to mm. the podcast. I think. Or I think was it was that? just me. It was a new one. You were the new face. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's former guests of the pod, plus Sean Powell. Yeah. And 
basically I was helping Harry set up and it got to a point where we'd set up enough that he had it. Mm. And I went, right, Harry, what do you want me to do next? He went, the only thing I need you to do now is start getting pissed up. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, like, that was like a red flag to a ball. And no one's ever like, said to me before, like, okay, your mission now yeah. for this thing we're doing <laughs> is that you need to be fucked up for it. Yeah. And so I went for it. That was a good it. idea. King Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah. I think that was Harry's sneaky way of um, trying to get the, uh, the shadow. placement product placement of Cronenberg but Shadow Andy unguarded Andy I think he thought oh I'll tell you what I'll tell you what if I get him really smashed he'll unleash the fury on the pod I, I, could, I could sell this to someone in a pub for a fiver <laughs> political political chicanery drunk mayor I don't know another mayor <laughs> in the world who's on YouTube getting pissed <laughs> knowing he's being filmed by multiple cameras at yeah. multiple angles yeah, yeah. glad you know gladly yeah getting fucking fucked yeah. up usually the camera's like on someone's belt and you're taking <laughs> saudi money but not this guy normally it's panorama where you yeah. see that stuff but um but yeah so that was kind of yeah. that was kind of no, that was a great that was a great time and it was also like freedom day which just turned out to be like Ah, I don't want to wear masks anymore, day. That was it. <laughs> it's like, ah, ah, we're all going to get it, aren't we? Yeah. That was, a kind of the, that was a day when I think everyone realised it was like, ah, it's not going away, is it? So <laughs> It's like a really bad cold. Everyone do your shift. Yeah. <laughs> everyone do a shift. Come and, on, chop, uh, chop. Uh, yeah, yeah, wild. Freedom. Wild. Yeah. Um, mm, I was really nervous watching that pod back, actually. I bet you were. Because I don't remember the second <laughs> half of it very well. Because James Lavers... He just disappeared, didn't he? He did disappear, yeah. bless him. Um, he fact, I, think, I, think, I think you turned to me at one point and said, like, is he coming back? And I was like, Andy, I don't know who he is. But <laughs> <laughs> where's James? Because he just went, in my ear, he just went, oh, I've got to go, you know. And I thought he meant the toilet. Yeah. And so there was a moment, I remember, because... And he was kept feet, he kept doing me little shots of vodka and stuff yeah, on the yeah. side, and that was what was really that was like the the the, uh, the nail in the coffin. Yeah. But exactly. there was a moment I seem to remember where Eleanor got her sherry out. Yeah. She and I I'd flick that switch. Yeah. I was like, ah, let's go. <laughs> Give me the girl. Get the sherry out. And then I remember us going. Harry following me around the theatre looking for James. He wasn't even in the. He wasn't even in the building. In the building, but there's. I don't know if it's still there, Harry. I don't know if you've got the footage somewhere. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Absolutely sloshed. I was. Were you? Were you all in tow, or was it just? No, you. You kind of disappeared for a bit, and then I heard you like banging toilet cubicle doors. I was like, again, this is the mayor. Reveal it. He's not in here. James Lavers live on. Oh, where is he? That was funny. And there's a moment I think where. There's probably a moment where, you, you know, of realisation of like, <laughs> Harry, I've just done all this shit. You filmed it and he's, he's not here. <laughs> was he ever here? Was he here? Was he here? Yeah. No, that was a great episode. Harry, I'm drunk. What's real? <laughs> Am I the mayor? <laughs> Is this all just a, a marketing a, plan I devised a year ago? Is this a dream? Uh, so yeah, we were talking about lockdown and and how you used your time mm. in lockdown in that podcast. Have you stuck to that 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very. In fact, I just did some writing. Okay. Came yeah. So your writing is not a novella. No, no, it's a novel. It's a full mm. scale novel. Well, I have nearly finished a full scale novel. Right. And I am sort of like starting to write another one. I was sort of planning another one. And now that's just turned into writing it. So at some point I'm going to have to go back and finish the old one. Okay. Yeah. Was this, be- not saying that your book is crap, but was this because maybe you'd lived with these characters in this story for so long with novel one yeah. that you actually really enjoyed the process of it? Yeah. You're really feeling that creative yeah, yeah. juice. Mm. And you went, oh, let me, let me just get the basics of this next one down. Yeah. It was like, it was a mixture of I'd had an idea for yeah. another thing and also i there was probably about a month where i was writing the old one and the juice wasn't really flowing as much and from past experience i know that you kind of need to give it a break then right otherwise you'll just hate it and you'll never go back to it so i just thought okay well put it on ice for a bit do the other one and then get back in the game with the old one when you're ready oh i see okay right so in my head i was thinking maybe this is a is like being giddy and being like maybe over enthusiastic, but actually what that is is a tactic. Yeah, to very avoid much a writer's block yeah. or something. Yeah, right. Definitely. Okay, so you go. All right, I need to. I need to step away. I guess it's like with abandoned stuff. Like we had this a lot when you're listening to um, a mix yeah. of an EP or something. You can listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. Yeah. And you've lived with that song or those songs yeah. for so long. Rehearsed, rehearsed. Take, take, mm. take, take, take. And then there's a moment where you go, "We can't hear this for a week now." You basically go. You basically decisions. go. I don't want to hate this. So, yeah. and that will happen eventually. Right. With anything, if you just consume it enough, you'll hate it. So right. It's not a good idea. So, yeah. yeah, it's for me. And I've had that so many times with other projects where I've just ground into it until I don't enjoy it anymore. And then I hate it and then I give it up. Right. So, I didn't want to do that with this one, basically. Okay. So. And it's, that's then just a waste of time, isn't exactly, it? Exactly. Yeah. Or is that, or is it because. Well, it's a, it's a go. You've had a go. You know? yeah and it's practice every time you that's get, what I, was you get say. Better. I think you do get better every time i think right. that's the same with like music and stuff i think i was listening to your podcast with um uh the two guys who were in the operation each their individual one and i definitely got the sense of like they improved with every band they had yeah and they got more serious with it i've had that with writing right like i give more of a shit on the you know the next one basically and the next iteration yeah yeah that is yeah that is interesting because also there's no substitute for experience as a lot mm. of wise people say yeah yeah and so you know you now know writing this new novel these the set of new novels let's mm. say that oh i'm not going to do that again and hate this yeah yeah right definitely interesting so what genre are you in well this is the what thing what space are you in they're both quite different Actually. that's very good yeah is that again is that is that one part of the tactic i think so yeah so you go oh, okay i'm writing a crime thriller mm. um oh, oh no subjectivity i need to i need to step out from this let me start writing that erotic novel <laughs> <laughs> so the first one was a um it was a uh a sort of a mind fuck contemplative <clears throat> thing set in uh and the next one is uh 50 shades of gray part <laughs> No. Anyway, <laughs> the first one. The first one is I don't know if there's actually a genre. I pitched it to someone once, the first one, and they came back to me with sci-fi, and that really took me aback. 
But okay. I, think, I think what they meant was like really old-fashioned sci-fi, like H.G. Wells, where it's not like Star Trek. It's more like a satire on the world, but like with some freaky shit in there. Kind of like when they were first working out what sci-fi was, it was kind right. of like a sort of alternate reality sort of thing. Okay. But, but it, anyway, the first one is actually, it's like a period thing. It's set in, it's set in the 50s, basically. Okay. And it's set in South America. Oh. Yeah. Interesting, because they, they say, I've got two things to ask you, but they say, mm. write what you know, don't mm. they? Mm. And so I'd have assumed don't that your those first, two right? <laughs> I'd assume that your first novel would have been about things that you find really relatable mm. or that you can call upon experience for. Yeah. So with this one, are you sat watching documentaries on South America in the 50s or are you, well, how are you getting in, uh, how are you building that? world and also the other thing i was going to ask you is i do want to hear that pitch that you were talking about where people said this is sci-fi, That's a sci-fi. But we'll get we'll get yeah, to that yeah, yeah. a bit later because i want to understand um so so first of all I've, I've thought about how to sort of explain this without sounding really wanky and also not making any sense but i don't think it is meant to be a kind of this is what south america was like in the 50s thing. right i think it's more i mean for one thing when i say south america it's literally set in the amazon so it's in like the jungle. It's in the wild. It's it's oh, know. so it's it's about going up the river. Okay, it's kind of like apocalypse now sort of vibes. It's, I was thinking heart of darkness. Yeah, then. yeah, it's yeah. very much that actually. Right. So it's it's more me kind of responding to those cultural artifacts that I've absorbed, and all, I mean, there's a whole like genre that's just like come from heart of darkness, the book. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, books, films, everything. Okay. Like, of course, some of like my favorite films are made by people who basically just wanted to remake Heart of Darkness. Okay. Because it's such an elemental story. Right. So, oh, so it's I, my attempt at that, basically. Right. That yeah. is, that's fascinating. I've never seen Apocalypse Now, which is really weird because I love war films mm. and I really make a point of watching the ones yeah. that are considered to be... It's fucking good. ...top notch. Yeah. I've got it on DVD, but I'm such a snob. Mm. I'm like, no, I want to watch it in... 1080p. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, well, I have to a, experience this in HD. People are snobby about it. Right. There's about five versions, to be honest. Right. And I've got the I've got the director's cut. Yeah. I think. I think is it Redux? Is that what it's called? It's oh, like, it's maybe like it's four that. and a half hours long or something. Oh. Yeah. Oh, but no. the thing is, well, the thing is though, it's I've watched it like a bunch of times, and you have to just sit there and absorb it, really. Like you are, if you're going to watch it, you, you can't really watch it in bits. You're going to have to just sit there for like a long time and just let it wash over you because, and I don't just mean that because like, oh, you'll forget what's happening if you like take a break. It's, it's more like an experience film. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with my book. Right. It's more like it's dropping you in this world. And by the end of it, you're going to have the shivers basically. Cause it's, you're, you're there. Right. You know, it's like, uh, so the plot of it is that the thing I'm writing is that um, the main character is a, he's basically a kind of ex-German uh, Navy from the Second World War. And he's kind of just fucked off. He's like, he basically deserted and then just like went AWOL and just, he's just been traveling around the world for like the last five years. Is he a Nazi on the run? No. Because a lot of them went to South America. No, I know. That's, right. And actually, it wasn't until I'd started really getting into it, I realized that might be where it was going, but it is right. not, that's not where it's going. Okay. Well, that might be a bit of a spoiler, but like, because people might read it thinking that's where it's going. Okay. But really, it's just he's wound up in South America. 
and he's like he works on like merchant ships and stuff so i like i did like research into what it would be like being on a merchant ship in the 50s that kind of thing okay i didn't go on a merchant ship but like you know it was yes yeah. you just all sort of find out like read stuff and research it um so he ends up there and then he ends up on like a boat with a bunch of pretty disreputable people who've also sort of washed up there. And so then, a bit pirat. Uh, what's bit the word? Piratical. Pirate. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're all just kind of like, you know, they've just all washed up there, and um, various things happen. I won't go into what, but basically the kind of like sort of what's the, what's it called? The major inciting incident. That's literally what it's called. The thing where like everything goes tits up, basically, right. and then from there you're just kind of like hanging on to the bumper until right. it ends um they basically get sort of cast into the wilderness and they're just like you know half dead and then they come across a a sort of a community in the jungle and you kind of gradually find out who they are this community and it's it's not like a twist but it's like oh okay that's where you've gone with that oh. and then the guy, the main guy who has sort of, you know, abandoned his society back Have home. you named him yet? Yes. Are you, are you able to, are you keep, um, what are you, what are you? His name, his name, what's that thing from Fight Club? Oh, uh, well, the first rule of his, Fight Club. His, no, his uh, name was, uh, oh fuck, and then he'll chant it when Meatloaf dies. His, <laughs> his name was Robert Bolton. His name, no, it's not that. Um, no, his name is Peter Gans. And there's a reason I've chosen both those names. Okay. But um, yeah, so, and then he, but the kind of like the main theme of it is he's kind of, he's kind of escaping his past because he's ashamed of it. It's not like he really did anything, but he's ashamed of like being a part of something. And this is like very immediately post World War II and Germany just went through fucking ridiculous stuff. Like after World War II, whole country was like, you know, smashed down and built up again. So he doesn't really even know who he is anymore. Right, so he's stateless in a way. Stateless, yeah. Right. And then he finds this community, which is like, might as well be on Mars, as far yeah. as he's concerned. Like, no one knows he's there. And he kind of has to decide whether he's even going to, like, leave, if he's just going to stay there and become one of them and become so he, completely stateless and <clears throat> invisible. Okay, so is there like a, there's a, so what he's looking at is a, an opportunity yes. at, at, at a redemption arc. Yes. Right. Yeah. And he has to figure out whether this is time to get born again mm -hmm. or stay on the run. Yeah. Which says something psychologically about the character, I think, doesn't it? Mm. Because if he cho chooses to stay, mm. you'd, you'd assume that there is, he's at peace with his decisions mm -hmm. in his former life and he's ready to move on. Yeah. If he continues to be on the run, mm. where's he going? There would be an element of self flagellation yeah there yeah there is that <laughs> right. definitely yeah and you sort of get glimpses of his past and it's like he's definitely running but he doesn't really even know what anymore and there's oh, no he's been running so long yeah years he's got so far he's yeah. not looked back for a yeah. while yeah and now he's looked back he can't see what he's running from yeah like and he's like what well, well this is all i know now yeah right sounds like yeah. a horrible cliche but no, no, it's all i know yeah. it's the road the more the more I've thought about it, it probably is quite a cliched story, actually. I've probably taken quite a lot of things from things I like and then just made this like, you know, 
you, you kind of, you know, you, you like, you make something that you haven't seen before. Yeah. So you want to see it. Yeah. I think I basically want to see a mishmash of a lot of things I like. So you do it. And I've but, done it. but talent borrows genius steals, they say. That's so it. don't. I'm pretty sure this story doesn't exactly exist like this. Don't worry. So, yeah. and, and there's nothing new under the sun. So. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You, you're damned if you do and damned yeah. if you don't. So you might as well give it a shot. Yeah. And it sounds like you love it. And yeah. it sounds intriguing. Like I, I would, this is, if you, if I read this little premise on Netflix or mm. something, I'd be like, okay, yeah, this yeah. is interesting. Yeah. This sounds interesting. Um, I am interested in, um, did you ever play the game Spec Ops The Line? No. Okay. So when you were talking about how Heart of Darkness and um, Apocalypse Now, which mm. is basically the film is, a, is an adaptation yeah. of Heart of Darkness, isn't it? But yeah. Heart of Darkness is set in Africa, isn't yeah. it? In Victorian times. And, um, Apocalypse Now is Vietnam. Um, yeah. Spec Ops The Line, the Xbox 360 game, is essentially uh, Heart of Darkness as well, set right. in Dubai oh, in, right. in a terrorist um, thing. And you mm. make choices, and there's a, there's a really famous moment where you make the choice to call in this airstrike. Oh, okay. On a, on a, I think if I'm remembering it rightly, because I've only played it the one time mm. and I didn't realize until after I played it, because then sometimes what I do is I'd play the game, really enjoy it, and then be like, well, what did the reviewers think? Mm. And then go back and then you go, oh, oh, I wish I'd known that yeah. before I played it. I wish I could put that and that together. Yeah. That would have been a more powerful moment. Had I, more out of it. Yeah. yeah. But it was a great game. And there's a moment, yeah, there's a really famous scene where I don't think you can see the enemy. Right. But you know they're there, you get some intel, and you have mm. to make a decision on that, which I guess is is something that a lot of combat veterans um, or, or, or commanders yeah. know, is that at some point you have a, a, a partial picture of the battlefield, yeah, yeah. and you have to make a decision based mm. on what you know, Yes, and it might go your way, mm. it might have collateral yeah. damage. Yeah. And um, so he calls in this, like, carpet bombing or like yeah. something maybe it's napalm or something something really or phosphorus i think it's a phosphorus mm. thing anyway so then they go in and they realize that they, he realized that he got it wrong all oh, right and all he can see is like it almost looks like pompeii yeah it's like civilians holding each other in like Shit. ash yeah and they're like sculptures yeah and there's this moment of like Reckoning. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah, moment in, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the main characters when you're like, oh God. And it's a really like. Is this a cutscene or is this. You it's actually a, you control it, a, it? No, it's a cutscene. Right. It's okay. a cutscene. Okay. But it's, it's a big beat in the story. Right. Yeah. And up until that point, I kind of felt like the game was quite good. Yeah. Not incredible yeah. mechanics wise. Even we're getting a bit nerdy here, mm. but not like the most incredible game yeah. I'd ever played. But it was good. Mm. It, it was kind of like, all right, this is all right. I got it in a bundle on eBay. So yeah, I was like, this, yeah. is, this is worth the three quid I probably yeah. paid for it in the bundle, right? This is nice. This is fun. And then that moment happened and I went, oh, <laughs> oh, we just reached up here to yeah, another yeah. level, right? Yeah. Okay, this has got something. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to spoil it, but it is uh, a 10-year-old game or something at this right. point. But it gets to the end and essentially the, it's like Heart of Darkness. It's like you, you've, mm. you've become what you were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what you were hunting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What you, yeah, yeah, you've become the object of your mission, I mm. know. Yeah, that is yeah. interesting how that is, because you said and it's an elemental story, which I really wanted to come back to because mm. I wanted you to explain, I think I know what you mean, but I wanted you to explain what an elemental story meant. Is it like something where the, 
the raw materials of this story are so universal and interchangeable mm. with each other that you can really create yeah many many great tales from the same well there's that which is uh i don't know how to describe it but there's like the kind of the building blocks of a story and there's a whole there's a whole thing like a whole like field of study about like how people humans make stories right. to kind of like teach themselves or learn about themselves or something I was, I was i've got a friend who's an editor like mm. a literary editor and she she sort of worked with me a bit on this a couple of years ago uh the book and we talked a lot about that sort of you know the fact that there is like um i can't remember what it is but like there's a certain amount of stories in the world like six and everything is just a variation on one of them and oh. i can't remember exactly what each of them are but like i mean i think one of them's quest i think one of them's like some like pure sort of redemption one of them is probably just kind of like becoming a man or becoming a woman like it's you know a sort of like it's it's stories we've told ourselves for thousands of years yeah. and everything that we write it's like it's, it's like rock and roll i guess it's, right everything's everything's chuck berry <laughs> yeah it's robert johnson chuck yeah, berry. yeah 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 like yeah. it's someone had to make it first and then it just works so I, but like, so in terms of like the elemental story, I think, I think in, with Heart of, maybe it's not like an elemental story, Heart of Darkness, but I think it is one of the most, um, it's one of the most kind of like, people have picked it up and done something with that, you know, guy goes up river looking for someone or something and stares into the heart of darkness because he goes into a sort of a realm that he's not really prepared for. And it's like, there's no law, there's no order it's just sort of you know brutality and i think that is one particular story type that's just been repeated over and over and over and over right. again it's not as apocalypse now there's like loads of films and books and stuff that replicate that because that explores our inherent destructive yeah um, it's a very it's a very relatable it? human story you right. can you can sort of see echoes of it in any like you know war that's being depicted on the tv it's like why are we there why, right. why are we killing these people why is what was the reason we're here again it's like it's it's the kind of insanity of it yeah which i mean my my book isn't like about a war but it is there's like the echoes of a war right and he's trying to deal with it but and, there's a personal yeah war isn't there yes yeah he's fighting with who he was basically right i do i like that stuff i find that stuff really compelling and there is a reason for that isn't it because we're all on the i, I would hope we're all on the quest of self-improvement self-development yeah, yeah. yeah learning from mistakes and mm. using experience and things like that mm. um i think saving private ryan has a lot of parallels mm. with that and not in the sense that it's in the sense that they're on they're going up river yeah to bring back this guy yeah, yeah. and and what they see and what they experience on the way is you know more darkness yeah and then you and it but that also poses a philosophical question doesn't it or a question about ideals and yeah. principles doesn't it is that you know in, in how many men have, did they lose to yeah. bring this one guy back yeah and you'd be like if you just use maths or whatever you'd be like well this is this is unacceptable yeah attrition yeah. For, yeah. For, but then you add into you add the element of that you know well he's he's now um a, a, a lady's only son yeah because his brothers have been mm. killed and then you get okay well this changes the parameters yeah yeah of 
the mission of you know of the mm. moral whatever the philosophy behind the it's very interesting it's like what's worse one one woman losing one son on that mission or one woman losing all of her sons on all these missions and it's like the way they depict that at the start where it's like some general just kind of decides well it's one or the other so we're going to go with that one yeah. it's just a very sort of callous well she's had enough let's <laughs> let's maybe inflict it on some other people yeah it's you know. it's interesting isn't it but those those are the strange i'd love to see a book about decision battlefield decisions that are like that mm. where you just sit there and you go i'm sure there's many generals yeah i'm yeah. sure there's so many guys from world war ii who mm. wrote books autobiographies yeah. or things like that where you you go i can't believe you had to make the decision yeah. between mm. that or that mm. and each and either one is going to haunt you for the rest of your yep. days yeah you just have to pick which one is yeah lesser on the shit scale they're both basically sodden with chod yeah um <laughs> it's it's mad yeah. it is mad so yeah elemental and i guess like the bible is like that in a way isn't it yeah and lots of like lots of religious stories are what you'd call an elemental story someone i i had a very about 10 years ago when i was at uni i had a very stoner conversation with someone who was trying to tell me that star wars is basically the bible oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i was like and after a while i was like yeah, I mean, like, you kind of have a point. I've heard that. It's like, he, I mean, he was also kind of saying like George Lucas came here from another planet and gave us Star Wars. Oh, dear. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, but, but like, oh, wow. but I could kind of, I, I reckon I wouldn't be surprised if George Lucas is or was a man of faith. Cause, Grew up in some sort of yeah. devout household, but didn't. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of faith in those films. Like, it's, yeah. it's all like, it's, you know, it's not very, they're not very cynical films. They're, they're very sort of they're not there's, there's good right. and there's bad and you must attain good and that's yeah. it well, that is an elemental story isn't yeah. It? yeah it just happens to have a very deep and rich world which is interesting as well because it's for as for as much as you can read the novels between the Clone Wars series 1 and 2 that no, <laughs> which I won't no one watches <laughs> right but I'm, I'm, I mean people watch them but yeah, like yeah. The, the main bulk of the Star Wars fans who yeah, watch yeah. the films every time they come out, they're not the ones who are also seeking out yeah, yeah. the lost episode of Clone Wars Series 4 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's all this lore, isn't there? And yeah, there's all this yeah. stuff, and it's so deep. Mm. But really, what it still comes down to is um, dark versus light. Yeah. Literally, the dark side. Yeah. The light saber. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I just figured it's, that out. It's really I on the nose. I just figured that yeah, out. Yeah, it is. I mean, the Jedi's yeah. are all in there, like white desert stuff. Well, I've got chills. It? It's yeah. weird. That's weird. <laughs> the lightsaber. I just had like, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I just got Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is. It's a sci-fi Bible story, isn't it? Yeah. Basically. I mean, maybe is like Methuselah. Or I, I, that's a joke. I don't, I don't think going to be anything. <laughs> you just got cancelled, mate. <laughs> you brought <a laughs> to this. Um, yeah. You jumped the shark. <laughs> that's a name we've, uh, that's like the Voldemort of uh, cultural, uh, <laughs> cultural references. <laughs> you brought that into it? Oh dear. Harry, cut that out. Um, <laughs> bleep, no, bleep when bleep I say <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, every time we say <laughs> Um, bleep it out, Harry, and we'll see if the listener really knows. If you're a true Star Wars fan, you'll be sat there going, fucking hell, I bet that's what they're talking about. He who must not be named. <laughs>
Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so back to your, back to your, yeah. your. Yeah. Um, we've we've gone all across the galaxy. We you have. almost got me started on Star Trek, actually, yeah. and how I think Star Trek when it's when it's it's peak writing in mm. terms of like next generation is actually very intellectual oh i've heard that from loads of people yeah, yeah. i've never watched it because I don't, I don't really like sci-fi but i've heard loads of people who aren't even that big into sci-fi say no it's like it's very well written it's yeah. it's about something you know yeah it's not just lasers and shit and i really like that idea of of the, the fact that mankind have put all of their shitty differences aside and pulled all resources yeah. into space exploration yeah. and they've done it yeah it's just taken for granted that we do that. Like, right. You just, oh, eventually we'll help aliens around the yeah. galaxy. Well, it's, it's that, you know, that we've gone, right, we need to explore space now, see yeah. what's out there, as one. Yeah. As one. Yeah. And, yeah, I do. I, like, I do like that because that is such a... It assumes that war is over on Earth, which right. is quite a radical idea. Yeah. And that, but, it also, but it also makes a comment on... Again, that's not cynical either, because mm. that is saying this is possible. If we if we come together as one, mm. we, there is no nothing we can't nowhere exactly. we can't go. I think, that, I think that was the point. Do. I think that was Gene Roddenberry's like point, basically. Like he imagined something into being, and then was like, "Come on, why don't we try and do this? Even get you know, try and start getting to this because it's yeah. not a bad idea." You know, it's really not. So, but that show is so incredible. The things it's like inadvertently invented yeah like automatic sliding doors yeah although when they were on set it was like two stagehands or runners or whatever going yeah, yeah. Shh, yeah. Or whatever they're doing going up and down or whatever yeah like those weren't a thing no. when that aired and that show only got popular after the moon landings yes, so it originally had aired yeah. and no one really gave a shit about yeah. it it's only and, two seasons wasn't it first um two or three three i think yeah um and no one really cared that mm. much. And then the, the moon landing happened and they started putting it on repeat yeah. and then it blew up, which is interesting as well because it just, it's, it's that once humans had shown, mm. oh, that's possible, look what we've done, yeah. look what we've done. I don't want to get into the conspiracy theory of we yeah, didn't go to yeah. the moon or anything because I'm sure we could if we wanted to yeah, yeah. now, whether we did then or not. I don't know, I'm not getting into it. I'm not getting into it. I'd like to believe we did. Um, once we've shown the world or the youth of the world yeah. oh look you can do this this mm. is the most inspiring thing ever there's a that thing you look out at, at night in your bed before you go to sleep the moon wondering how far mm. away it is how big it is is it made of cheese are there do you know what I mean is that a hole is it a crater mm. is it a volcano what is it is it a big yeah. telescope whatever on the moon all this wonder oh we've yeah. gone there and we've done it and you can see it then Star Trek is like oh Great, I get this now. It's interesting that, that moon landings had to be like, no, this is okay to dream this big. It was achievable. Yeah, it, it yeah. was. Um, it was conceivable that we could do it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. And like mobile phones, the flip phone. Yeah, that was that was Star Trek. Oh, to just to have a unit in your hand and multi-use and do stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Um, I don't know about stun guns, but they had like switcher faders to stun. I think I feel like um, the whole teleporting thing might yes. have been quite novel, actually. Yeah, they're getting into quantum yeah. stuff there. I think that was quite new. Um, the, Which now is just like such a normal thing right? In all sci-fi. But it's, that was, yeah, it was almost yeah. weird. It's, yeah. it's almost strange how much that show conceptualised things that are now 
real. Like um, the hollow deck. Yeah. I mean, we have yeah, holograms yeah. of Tupac at <laughs> whatever, <laughs> Coachella. I know. Um, also, that whole enterprise thing of sitting there and talking to someone on the screen. Yes. I was doing yes. that not that long ago in here, yeah. chairing yeah. a council meeting, yeah. talking to people on a screen. Yeah. Like William Shatner. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Weird, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, it all comes true. Yeah. And then um, what else What else have they got that's... Um, it's the warp drive thing, which yeah. isn't that they're going through space mm. super, super fast. It's that they're displacing they're space. They're displacing space and pulling it behind, behind it. Yeah, yeah. Creating some sort of void mm. slipstream yeah. thing. It's That's pretty brave to kind of like put that on a pretty mainstream TV show and be like, okay, get your head around this, kids, and then we're going right. to see William Shatner bang an alien. But, like, <laughs> but you know, the science uh, is there. Spoiler, I haven't got to that episode yet. <laughs> what, one? <laughs> <laughs> Thereafter. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is great. It is great. Oh, first, um, first interracial kiss first on interracial TV kiss, as well. Yeah. Just paving yeah, the way. Paving the way. And Star Trek gets a really weird rap. Mm. And I'm like, I think because of its fans. Yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's you know, there's some real substance in there, yeah. and the Borg and everything, yeah. the hive mind, and yeah, yeah. Like it's subversive. I mean, I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Star Trek, honestly. Right. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because it's that's just entered the cultural slipstream, hasn't it? It's there. It's it's a touch point for for not just sci-fi, but all television and storytelling. So, yeah. you know, I've absorbed it. I'm pretty sure when, when we were in the height of the pandemic and everyone had masks on, people, you know, the people that were the anti-maskers who were trying to figure out any way they could to shame people who wore masks. Yeah. Oh, got your muzzle on. Stuff yeah, like that. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, oh, you might ditch the muzzle. I'm sure, um, I'm sure like, oh, he's one of the Borg. It's like <laughs> throwing around. It's just part of the lexicon, isn't it? Yeah, part yeah, of the zeitgeist. Yeah. Very strange, but yes, yeah. back, back to your back to your book, yeah, your novel. Um, so, where are you now? You're almost at the end. I'd say I'm about ten percent off the end of it. Okay, and, and that, that was another thing. Actually, I've never finished something before, so I didn't want to fuck it up. So right. I basically took a break, got into something else, and I'm going to sort of like steal myself to finish it uh -huh. because I think it might be quite hard, actually, like harder than. Right, to know when to stop. Yeah, really easy to start a book. Right. Middle is a bitch. Okay. But the end is like... Well, the middle's like, okay, you had this great mid, concept. middle's everything. Now do yeah. something with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, beyond this character's cool, here's the backstory. It. Yeah. The, the, the skeletal elements Get of Get to it. the end, basically. Yeah. Without, without it just being like, end now. Right. Yeah, which is a short story, basically. But um, yeah, so, I mean, I know how it's going to end, but like... It's it's constructing it in a kind of narrative fashion because because like if quite often in well, I think in virtually every like narrative fiction thing, the end sort of has a life of its own, doesn't it? It has its own sort of propulsion, and it's like things can get really messy and crazy, and then it just sort of ends, or or it can it can be a kind of like like a logical conclusion which I think would be quite hard to do because it's come out of my head. So I'm not mm. sure it is logical. It's just like, I just think that's what he's going to do. But I might be wrong. Maybe that character wouldn't do that. Right. But who else is going to know? So I, I, that's what I mean. I'm sort of thinking about it and I want to get it right, basically. 
And he's a real person in your head, obviously, at this point. Oh, yeah. Like, you've created... Yeah, yeah. You've procreated. I've procreated an in, invisible friend. In, you know, we might be the only being... You know, someone said something not that long ago to me. It was like, oh, the brain has, you know, named itself. Yeah. Which made me go... Like, <laughs> yes, oh, my has. God. The brain has named itself. Yeah. It's, it cuts itself open yeah. and studies itself. Yeah. That is a profound thought, actually. This is mad. Yeah. But you have... We might be the only creatures who you have given life mm. to something that doesn't have any physical matter. No. And isn't necessarily well, a part of me either. Right. I think it probably is because I think it's quite hard to write a protagonist that's not at least got something of you in it. Right. Um, is he a version of you that you kind of wish you I don't were? know. I, the Nazism, <laughs> uh, his, the Nazi history side, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Damn, I really wish I'd been to South America in the 50s to find my fellow Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's a, I think the stuff that's in him that's me is, I think there's, there's, a, big, there's a big theme in it about home. Right. And actually there's a big theme in my second one about home. And I feel like if I write more stuff, I think home is going to be quite a big like okay. you have your the way you think about home and what it means to you and your it can be quite complicated. I had I had quite a complicated sort of view of home for a long time growing up. I didn't sort of I don't know, I didn't really feel like I fit in, really. Right. And then I even like I I migrated at one point. I moved to Canada for a couple of years. And that was literally like, I don't want to go back to the UK, basically. Right. But then while I was there, towards the end of those two years, I got like intensely homesick. Right. Like having dreams about like the countryside and stuff and like food and just like stuff about this country that I'd largely forgotten about when I was there. Right. And I think that was quite a big psychological thing for me. And I started to at least think seriously about writing when I came back because I sort of like processed that. Right. And it was like, I've almost kind of gone full circle and realized I didn't know what I was missing the whole time. Okay. And now I'm back in this country. I've enjoyed it. Like, loved it. You know, right. I don't really want to leave again. So but, I, I feel like yeah. he's kind of going through a similar thing and he may end up home one day and just have to move on from that sort of trauma he went through. But Not that I went through trauma, but like it's, I don't know. Yeah, you're, really. you're always sort of reaching for something else. And, and does the know. definition of home, like I think everyone thinks that home is a, like, if, like going back to the podcast I did with Eleanor Talbot, home to her always felt like um, Froome, even though she'd never really spent right. any time here really. Like she'd found a home. I think that was where she said home was. Mm. Um, and that she loved Canada, but it never fully felt yeah. like home. And it's strange isn't it? because I think we believe that home is a permanent thing, but perhaps mm. home can be an ever-changing thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Because, because like, when you're in love, that feels like home. Mm. Like, they feel like home. Yeah. Right? And yeah. when you miss that person, it's, like, uh, it's akin to, like, homesickness. Yeah, If you yeah. kind of, like, really, like, yeah, yeah. you're having a shit day or something and yeah. you really miss them or they're yeah. away or whatever. Mm. So that's an interesting thing is wherever well it's home is where the heart is isn't it there's a, there's a reason someone right. wrote that it's, <laughs> it's kind of true in a way but it is interesting because we are it's an elemental part of human nature or yeah. storytelling or or um yeah it's just a, of our being of our experience on earth is yeah. like where is home 
I think I'm definitely saying in the book that like on some fundamental level, he's kind of broken because he's kind of disavowed his home. Right. He feels like he has to. Yeah. But he hasn't got anywhere to go. Right. So he's just sort of wandering. But we always find those people the most interesting, I think, yeah. don't we? Because, yeah. you know, you look at like old rock bands like the Rolling Stones and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And, you know, they've built their reputation. On, obviously, the name is on the nose there, but yeah, yeah. they've built a reputation on being road dogs. Yeah, yeah. And always on the move and yeah. never in one place for very long. Yeah. And that, for, for a lot of people, is so alien. Yeah. That there's a fascination with it, yeah, isn't yeah. it? This sort of bohemian yeah. vibe. It's yeah. very interesting how we, yeah. we, we latch on to the idea of home and roots and mm. it's interesting. It's yeah. interesting. So anything I've been inspired by, if I've ever been like, oh, that'd be a great little film or TV mm. show or, or maybe one day I would write a book or mm. something, it's always the ending it seems that I get. I get the concept of some sort of ending. Of the thing that inspired yeah. you. And yeah, and then I think, oh yeah, well how do you how do you start this thing oh, okay. with being informed of, yeah. you know, A to B? Yeah. Well, it's A, B, C, right? Yeah. You start at A, you know that C, you know what C is. Yeah, How yeah. do you mould and sculpt that along the way mm. till you get to that payoff moment or that, that glory or, mm. or that sad moment or whatever? So it's interesting. I wonder how many, I wouldn't say I'm a writer or anything like that because I, I'm not, but I wonder how many people approach a, a character or a book or a story, whatever, from the beginning yeah. or the end. It's very, I don't know. I, I mentioned my friend earlier, um, Abby, who uh, she's, she's a young adult editor. So, so young adult, the genre. Young adult fiction. Fiction, is, fiction yeah. yeah. So she, she's like a professional editor of that. So I went to her with like the bare bones of the story and like, I think I'd written like 20 pages or something and basically said, you know, can you help me? Because I don't know how to sort of like, you know, carry on basically. And the best thing she told me, it was going back to the whole thing about the story, like once, once you kind of realize that human stories are like uh, one of five or six things and they're all kind of similar anyway, that kind of demystifies it a lot. Right. It's not it's not bad to think of it as beginning, middle, end. I think I was kind of um <clears throat> I think I was trying to like reinvent the wheel quite a lot in my right. early days. Once you realise not only do you not need to do that, no one really wants you to do that. No. Because they're not gonna relate to it. No, and the and the biggest things in pop culture aren't ever the most intricate no. pieces of genius, are no. they? I mean a lot of it can be classed as genius a lot of the Beatles stuff can be classed as genius but it's not necessarily super intricate I think if something deviates from that kind of DNA too much it immediately becomes deemed experimental right and it may not even have been intended to be experimental like mm. oh let's just fuck around with this the person may just not even know how to write a conventional story but the way we read it is like well that makes no sense whatsoever it's right. just a it's just a jumble of stuff so that must be experimental he that person may have had an idea you know, that that narrative may work for him, for them but for the rest of us it's you know it doesn't really exist right because so. i was complaining to harry earlier i was like oh every time i'm on instagram all i see is something about this squid game film mm. is it a show tv show it's a tv show yeah. tv show 
I'm seeing so much of it at the mm. moment that I'm. This always happens. That I'm like, nah, fuck this. I'm not oh, watching yeah, this. Oh yeah, I am. Yeah, Everyone's. I'll wait a year before. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll shut up about it. Yeah. and I'll watch it, and I'll make my own mind up about it. Um, but we were talking. I don't know necessarily the whole premise. I haven't seen it, but we were talking about how it's actually not a very original premise. Mm. It's not something that we haven't seen before no. in things like Battle Royale or yeah. um, Hunger Games yeah. or um, even elements of the Saw films yeah. or whatever. And it's just that it's done in a slightly different take that's captured the zeitgeist yeah. right now visually. It's the it's the it's the sort of window dressing of it is something we haven't seen before. But the bare bones of it, yeah, from the sounds of it, we've seen it a hundred times. Right, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's such a big thing right now. Like yeah. It's almost like people don't want... They, they don't, don't want, want any, new things. They don't want new stuff no. or they don't want to be challenged. Yeah. Or they want something that feels familiar. Yeah. Or not too... It's weird, isn't it? I There's mean, a comfort I, in that. I mean, I have to say I get that. I think I've expressed that with my book in that I, I think I'm honestly trying to make a sort of homage to a load of stuff I like. Yeah. Um. I don't think I'm trying to make something new. I think I'm just trying to say, oh, well, think about that, but from this angle. Yeah. And again, like once I realized that's what I was doing, it made it a lot easier to write because I could just concentrate on writing and not overthink it. And with lots of my other projects in the past, I, I feel like I have tried to be too smart and sort right. of make a new kind of narrative. And it's like, there's no point. It's, so it do works. you create this other writer in your head that's the other, you know, that represents. A, 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 an amalgamation of all the other writers that you know of and you go what would they do i'm not going to do that so you have this almost like this um, faceless being that you're trying to out outright in your mind that represents the status quo i've never heard it expressed like that before i i'm not sure i am doing that i think when i write it's just it's my voice it's how i want to write i mean i, I meant sorry like previously not now Right. But previously, when you said you you were trying to make things things are too complicated, yeah. or was was that what you were seeing? You were like, "How do I outfox?" Oh, I see. You know what um, I mean? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't. I didn't sort of know. I didn't. I was probably not not old enough to be honest. I didn't sort of like know how to kind of outdo somebody who was like an expert at their game. And yeah. I didn't really want to put the work in. Okay. So. I'm more comfortable now just writing something which on the face of it is fairly conventional, but I just try and write it as well as I possibly can and then I'll be happy with it. Okay. And then maybe someday down the line I will try and write something genuinely experimental. Okay. I'm not there yet. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. It, it must have been a weight off when you were like, when you realised, actually, I don't have to, I don't have to outright no, anyone. No, yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah, like you said, yeah. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. I just have to earnestly mm-hmm. tell my story yeah. the best I possibly can. Yeah. And as well, you get, a, you get a satisfaction from, okay, I've not like beaten this person. Not that that should ever be a part of it, but like there is something of that in there. You've got to have a little competitiveness, yeah. haven't you? And that's what I meant with this kind of like, this kind of um, f- figure that represents, mm. you know, this other thing that represents the other writers in your head is that you kind of, you do want to sort of like, outdo like when you're writing music or something you know everyone's mm. got some generic yeah. unknown faceless band or drummer in their head i think yeah where you're like oh well i wonder what that represents the median yeah level of that 
yeah. thing. And then you go, how do I go that one step further than they would? I also realized that through reading, like, because I read like constantly, and I've got like hundreds of favorite writers and stuff. And I realized that like, I, I think you could probably categorize like who is a good writer over who isn't. But once you get to a certain level, like, it's not so much their quality. It's just like, it's their voice. It's what they're saying. Right. Like one writer, if they're really good enough, probably won't sound like a lot of other writers. That doesn't necessarily mean they're better, but that's just who they are. That's, and I think I like that because I can sort of say, the way I write is to try and be quite original with the words I use and the structure and everything. Um, and also not be too sort of like, you know, try 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 and make it sort of like readable as well. Like yeah. I'd, I had a really bad thing where I used to just write like sentences that would be like ten lines long, and I had to really discipline myself to not do that and just try and get everything into like eight words and make those words count. Right. Um, but I like to think that if you read that, and if you read like another one after that, you'd be able to realize they're the same writer because yeah. it, it's not me copying someone; it's me, it's you pulling something out, and that's how I write. And that comes with output, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. Because, you, yeah, your voice is something, it's like a stamp, isn't it? So yeah. it has, you have to make your mark with consistency over a few examples, I'd imagine. I've honed what I do a lot, and I've got rid of a lot of stuff I didn't like about my writing. But I think there is a, there is a sort of a voice there that it's going to be hard for me to change because that's just my writing voice. And why change it? And why change it? Because right. that's me. That's, that's what I want to write. Because so. there's so many bands that like, you hear their first album and you're like, oh yeah, this is good, but this is a derivative of X, Y, Z. And you hear the second album and you're like, oh, okay, now this is in the third album. And you're like, mm. okay, this is, this is them. Or there's singers and they find their voice. Yes. Yeah. You know, and they find their thing that makes them them. That's great that you already know what that is. Yeah, and, and, but so. you've yeah. obviously we won't know about that process because those mm. are the books that haven't been released yeah. or finished or whatever. Yeah. That's good. That's what you have to do. That's yeah. a, that's your due diligence. Yeah, do is a D in it. Due diligence. Due diligence. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, it's fantastic! I love it. I love it. I love it. I've, I very very rarely read any fiction at all. Right. And if I do, I rarely read in terms yeah. of like sitting and reading. Yeah. If I do, it's normally autobiographies because I am just so fascinated in yeah. why people do what they do yeah, and yeah. how their fucking head works and yeah. shit. Um, but if I do read fiction, it's normally graphic novels and stuff because. Right. Um, I don't know. I like pictures. Yeah. Uh, but there was something that um, our friend Charlie, who's guitarist in Sick mm. Ones, um, he said he reads a lot of fiction and he said something to me that really made me like go, oh, really changed the way I looked at it. Because I thought, well, I watch a film for a story. Yeah, yeah. And um, because of the ADHD, because of my ADHD, I do find sitting down and applying myself to a book, yeah, yeah. which is just one sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, of yeah. my senses. Um, quite difficult. When I'm in there, I do enjoy it, right? Yeah. But it, it's that idea of like forcing the focus in. Yeah. That I, I almost like procrastinate on it yeah. seriously all the time. Mm. But he said to me that, that when you read fiction, he said that you, you really get to understand um, how the writer thinks. Yeah. So you get a window into mm. their psychology. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Oh, that was like a little penny drop moment mm. where I was like, oh, that is that is really compelling. It'll almost be worth me picking up 
some classic books. Yeah, yeah. And reading and just being like, maybe like Stephen King and just being like, mm, yeah. what is up with this guy? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not even necessarily the story, but like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's born of a mind, isn't it? It's born it's, of one mind usually. I sometimes feel like the writer is kind of like an invisible character in the scene and they're speaking to you and they're narrating what's happening. Right. And that, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. It's like, it's that, it's the writer's voice. It's them transmitting a story to you yeah and i mean maybe they're even a part of it i've read a couple of books where it's written so well it almost seems autobiographical but you know it's not because of the sort of the the nature of it the, right you know it's like clearly a sort of a i don't know like a fantasy or an adventure or something but there's just something about the detail they go into about stuff it's like where is this coming from Right. And I know that they haven't got that from something else because it's not like a classical derivative thing. Right. So I got that with, um, do you, know, you ever see that film, The Beach? Yes. Leonardo DiCaprio. I've seen the film. I have not read the book. The book is, I mean, I read the book when I was like a teenager, I think. So I don't know how it holds up. But I, one thing I do remember about it was like the really strange detail he went into about quite sort of... Trivial things? Trivial things. Right. That it, by the midpoint, I basically felt like it was him it was just him telling you about what he'd done been on through his, yeah on his like huge crazy adventure it was and that was really affecting like i realized you could do that i don't know if that was his intention because i've not really read any of his other stuff but that was a bit of a mind blow that like it doesn't have to be a kind of once upon a time there was blah blah it's yeah. like okay this happened to me last year like another so another one who does that is even though it is do you know charles bukowski yes I've See, watched loads of documentaries about him, read some of his poetry and yeah. stuff, but I haven't ever sat down in and read. So know. he wrote six books, which were five, I think there's six, five of them were, they were basically autobiographical, but I think he embellished quite a lot of it. And it's right. all about like his life and his upbringing and stuff. Um, I mean, he's very clear about saying like that you know, the character has a different name if you know anything about Charles Bukowski, he says things about the character that aren't like his life story. So it's right. like, it's an, it's, it's basically like he's put a fictional character into his own life, right. possibly because it was too traumatic to write about it the way, because he had a pretty fucked up life. Right. And so he's kind of just relaying all these stories and you're not really sure which ones are true and which ones aren't, but the, the, the voice is the same. Right. So but that's kind myth, of works. That's mythical, isn't it? Yeah. And that's kind of... And I think later on he was buying, he was sort of buying into his own myth to an extent. Right. But I think with his early stuff, it was like, yeah, this happened to a guy who's not me right. five years ago. I do find that that psychology quite fascinating because mm. it's almost, it's not the genre of self-help, but it's almost, it's therapy, isn't it? Yeah. So it's... it's Oh, you definitely work through some stuff. If you're right. Writing. Yeah, that's true. So it's definitely, with him, it's definitely it's almost looking upon his trauma in the third person. Yes. And analyzing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. It mm. is fascinating. I yeah. don't read enough and it's it does bother me, but it's like I almost have this like... Yeah. Oh, I, what, I think I get of, a lot um, from books and I just what, don't... What does there, Is there anything about it that sort of intimidates you at all? Like the size of a book or like... Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I know that the book is this big yeah, and my yeah. attention span is this yeah, big. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure I could find you some good stuff that's really not. I love much um, more than that. I love autobiographies. I can get hooked into them, right? 
regardless so, of length or you know, yeah yeah okay basically it's strange it's very strange it must be some sort of mental block yeah, but i respect it yeah like a lot and i then this and i've loved this conversation because it's it's a it's a creative mm. branch of well it's a branch of creativity yeah. that has a lot of like i i'd like to be able to do it yeah. Or I think, I think, do you believe that everyone has a story in them? Everyone has a book in them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, whether they're That's a very non cynical view. And I feel like I'm quite cynical a lot of the time. Yeah. Even to the point where sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, Andy, you cynical fuck. What's, <laughs> who hurt you? Yeah. <laughs> right? A little bit. <laughs> but if I then really think about it, I think, no, everyone does have a story, don't they? Yeah. Well, they have their own story for one thing. Right. But like, yeah, I think... And then I think, the cynic in my head is like, yeah, I don't want to hear that, though. <laughs> very Who true. wants that? Right? I'm an asshole. Uh, <laughs> what was it you said You said on that zoo thing? I think you asked me that question, and I was, yes. And the, and then is it, I was like, yeah, everyone's got a book in them. And you were like, well, you know, some maybe got a leaflet. <laughs> <laughs> Pamphlet. <laughs> At least, you know, I mean, that could count as a story, right? Yeah, yeah um yeah it's just yeah I, I should read more i should read although more. although would you not say you might have a story in you but it wouldn't necessarily be a book that you write to do it i mean surely i mean you're a musician you hang out with musicians i mean you're all saying something is there not an aspect of that to it you're more suited to producing that i guess we could go into that like pretentious realm of um uh, you know, my drums are me communicating, you know, my story. Well, is they? that what you were getting at? Kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, do, you yeah. Not, do you not feel a little bit like that? Yeah. Because you're sort of, you're putting something of you into but it. But the really, like, logical... You're not, you're not, you're not just a drumming monk. No, I'm not, I mean, yeah. You know. So the, so the really... If it's an intense song and the song is about something intense, yeah. you would join in in the intensity. Yeah, but I'm not writing the drums to the the emotion um, to the the vibe of the song. Because a lot of the time with the sick one stuff is the lyrics came at, it, at the end. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm not, write, I'm not writing to order, if right. you know what I mean. I'm not writing to, uh, um, oh, this is the bit when he's saying... Um, so it really is something like... Something about being depressed in yeah. an artistic way or whatever. It's, yeah. it's literally just how I'm responding to the guitar parts right. Charlie's writing oh, okay. or whatever. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I guess... I guess if you listen to the drums, it's weird, isn't it? It's a strange one. It's, it's a strange one. The really angry bits and the bits that are like a bit sort of like wonky yeah. and pull and tug on the time yeah. and the intensity, that is me. That is definitely my voice. That's yeah. like my aggression. Yeah. But also a part of how my brain works. Yeah. With, I've said ADHD a bunch in this, but. And I think it's because recently I've started this new job in this school with kids with ADHD and, mm. and autism and stuff. And you I'm seeing it. it. See it. I'm surrounded by it all yeah. day. It's yeah. like I'm in this place where it's normalized mm. and it's been really... That must be eye-opening. Eye-opening. I feel like I'm in a place where actually I can just be me. I was going to say, is it the first time you haven't really felt you had to fit in? Yeah. I just let my you freak flag fly. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, what they're going to go, huh? You, you know what I mean? I was like, you do that. I saw you do that on the, on the playground. <laughs> you know what I mean? That must um, be awesome. It's, it's really lovely. But yeah, so those those moments of like, da, 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 where yeah. it's all just like weird and 
whatever. Those will be that will be parts of how my brain works. Right. But um, yeah, it's weird because the rational part of my brain is like, well, I've, you know, all drummers can play four four. Yeah. So is that they're not what you're saying with a four four beat? Mm. But it's yeah, it's all about I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? But mm. but yeah. So uh, do you know how you're ending this book? The first one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Are you happy with that? Yes. Are you afraid I've, to commit it to I'm, paper? I'm cautious about. I think I'm tweaking it in my head, and I'm cautious about tweaking it too much and not writing it because then I'm back to the original sin of not writing and thinking it. Right. Can you um, tweak so much that you thin out? Yes. Something, and you go. You accidentally take something good out. Yeah, and you're like, "Wow, that was shit. That was powerful." Yeah. Whereas now I'm reading it again and. I'm also kind of scared now. of writing it, literally writing the last sentence oh. and then being like, was well, that it? Right. Because I'm reading it as I'm writing it. Yeah. Because that would be fucking weird. <laughs> I don't even know how I'd deal with that. Or releasing it. And then one night you go, that's how I should have ended yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're in bed and you're just like... And then you... Uh, Sean, Aliens, Sean. Um, <laughs> do you think maybe that would have been the better? Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Fuck! God damn it! That would haunt me. Yeah, I'm haunted by. I don't want to be haunted, Andy, by my by, <laughs> by my story. I came up my head. The ghost of <laughs> the ghost of stories past. <laughs> I don't want oh, it. God, <laughs> I got be... enough of a plate to deal with. You'll be visited by the ghost of what? What is it? <laughs> What's that thing where it's really obvious when the story really obviously gives you the the, the thing on a spoon? Exposition, or exposition, exposition. Yeah. <laughs> the second ghost is exposition. <laughs> oh, I don't really have to explain why I'm here, do I? or maybe I do because I'm exposition. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, all that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I thought this was what was going on. Thanks, exposition. Yeah. Ghost of exposition. Um, where were we before that? Um, knowing how I'm going to end it. That's right. Yeah. It just it just coming to you when yeah. it's too late. I'm haunted by EPs I never got to finish. Yeah. With bands that have broken up and yeah, musicians yeah. that are off not being musicians now. Yeah. Stuff like that. There are still moments I think, fucking hell, that song had so much potential and I just mm. wish that we just at least finished it. Yeah. My worst is I I'm not I'm not like haunted by stuff I f- didn't finish because I feel like if I didn't finish it there was a reason it probably wasn't going anywhere right but there was one thing I did I wrote a couple of screenplays actually film screenplays like mm. feature length ones because I did a film degree which is where I learned some of the bare bones of like narrative and stuff and I wrote a I wrote a um, feature length screenplay for my final piece. And that's the first thing I've ever actually finished, which I felt amazing after I did that. That was a huge thing for me. And that was like 10 years ago. When I was in Canada, I wrote another one and I almost finished it. And then the laptop died <gasps> and that is gone now. And that haunts you? Kind of, yeah. Because I could probably write it again, actually. It's all still there, ticking away. For as long as it haunts you... Mm you'll still be able to recreate that, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Because that's why that, I can still remember it. Yeah, it's yeah. that part of your brain that's like, we're not letting go of that. Yeah. But yeah. you also have, now have to figure out that in, in a, a book or two, three's time, mm. when you go and do it again, it'll probably be like way better than the original. Oh, yeah. Right? I think so. So maybe that happened for a reason. Yeah. But also you need to, what, how old are you? 
31. Right, you need to weigh up, you know, how much mortality do you think you've got? Do you know what I mean? Because you don't want to be, you know, yeah. we, never, we don't know how long we've got. How many books you have in you. Right. Yeah. How many you, screenplays. But, yeah. but also, like, don't leave it too long. No. Not saying you're going to die soon, you no. young man. But but it's also that as well, isn't it? Because yeah. it's there. Yeah, yeah. It's still It's there. nowhere else. Yeah. And that's frightening. It's like it's on pause in my head. Right. Yeah. And at some, you need to, you're going to, at some point that will, that will get, the itch for that will get so much that you mm. go, I need you out of my head now. Yeah, yeah. I just need it this gone. Will. And it once I've will. written it, you'll like purge yourself of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, as Harry sometimes says to me, you need to free up that in CPU. <laughs> that is that is that is a, yeah. a channel into into your brain. <laughs> so just write it down, Andy. Free up the CPU. Set a reminder for it. Yeah, you know, your brain doesn't need that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So right now, it's sat in your. Um, it's sat random in my access mem memory. Random access memories, my memory bank. And when you die, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so you need to... Like it uh, never happened. Yeah. yeah. So as long as you're booted, yeah. it's it's in the RAM. Yeah. But we know that the more you put in the RAM, the slower things get. So get it out of there. I know. I'm going to do it. All right. I'm going to do it. Great place to finish off. Yeah. Best of luck with the book. Uh, I'm not going to ask you for a title or anything else like that now. That's but, fine. Um, Amazing. That was great. Awesome. Thank you very Good. much. <clears throat> Big thank you to this week's guest, Sean Powell. We are going to leave links to anything relevant from the subjects that we talked about in this week's episode. As Sean's novel is not out yet, we cannot link it, but we will leave links to the things that we've talked about, and I'm sure they'll be fascinating. Uh, thank you for listening. If you want to support this podcast, you can on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review um, and, and share it with a friend. Subscribe. If you've got a friend who's writing a novel or a book or something, then they might get some value out of this podcast so please make sure that you share that with them if you want to follow this podcast on social media you can it is at the giant pod on twitter and at the giant pod on instagram my personal instagram is andy underscore tgp this podcast was produced by the pulitzer prize winning harry williams we will see you next week on the giant pod thank you so much